Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Woo, where are we at? If you don't have sermon notes, uh, they said it was close to running out, but there's, if you want some, raise your hand. The ushers have a couple of three, they said. And uh, there's really no notes on there. You can just take a piece of paper and write them down. They're blank notes because I want you to keep up with me today. And I don't know how long I'm going to talk about this, uh, how many Sundays, but we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. And it's the kingdom of God, God's domain, king's domain. Jesus is king. Do you know when they set America up that it could have been very easy? to make, They wanted to make George Washington king. They didn't make him king because people were wiser and said, we want a republic. Not a democracy, a republic. And they could have made George Washington king, and he denied it. He stepped back. Nope, I'm not going to do that. Why did he not do it? Why did they not? Because they had not seen a good king. Power can corrupt you. And, man, they had some bad kings in England, and they've had some bad kings in Russia, and they've had some bad kings. Being a king, how many of you know the Bible says that as a child of God, we're kings and priests? And if we're kings, it's not to rule over people. It's to look at the kingdom and get the king's domain to work in other people's lives. A good king takes care of his people. Jesus is a good king. Matter of fact, he's coming back not to set up a republic. He's going to come back as king. And guess what? You're his representatives. Amen? Number one. The kingdom of God is good news. Boy, did we not sing about it this morning. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He has come to set us free. Mark 1, 4. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Gospel is good news. Gospel is good news. Cody made up a song this morning by the Spirit of God. It's good news, wasn't it? And saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel, Re- believe the good news. Repent, repent and believe. So the kingdom came with Jesus. How many of you know the kingdom has always been working even in the Old Testament? All the, all the let's see, uh, the superstars of the Old Testament, you can name them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Job, Daniel, David. Moses, all those guys, they represent Christians. They represent you. They do. And I'll I'll give you, we're going to give you an example today. But look, look, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You got to be born again. If you're not born again, today's the day. Say it, today's the day that I get saved. The kingdom of God will come alive in me. And if you're born again, you need to stir the kingdom of God up on the inside of you. Start focusing on the kingdom of God. Quit focusing on women or men or money. Quit focusing on other things. Quit focusing on your problem. Look at me. Look at me. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. They still ain't looking at me. Look at me. They won't look at me. Are you scared to look at me? What are you focusing on if you're not looking at me? See how hard it is to get people to focus 
Our attention span is weak. We can't hear what God's saying because we can't focus on God. We got to focus on the kingdom. What's the kingdom doing? What is God? You know what? You know your problems more than you know God. You know every in and out of your problem. And you don't know God's the one who can fix the problem. You don't have the answers. The word of God is the answer. But you're focused on this. My hip, my leg, my knee, my bills, my mama, my brother, my cousin, my daddy, mama, my, you know, all these problems. And you know ins and out. Well, they're that way because this and that and the other. And you know this and that and the other. And child abuse and this and that. And, you know, and there's an alcoholic and this and this. And you know all that, but you don't know the answer from the word. Because you've lost your focus. Or you never had one. And you wonder, why don't God do something? And he did. He sent Jesus to be king, and he's given us his word. And when you don't hear the king talking, you go to his word. And when he does talk, it lines up with the word. And then you go find it in the word, and now you got, whoa, I got it now. I've got something to stand on. So it's the kingdom of God. Luke, Luke 4, 17 through 19, Jesus said, and this is the kingdom. And he was handed the book of prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This is Jesus talking about himself being the Messiah, being the king, and that his kingdom would come to rule. To preach the good news to the poor. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted, he wants to heal you. Come on, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Remember about two Sundays I said, some of us are captives by our own doing and some of us are prisoners by what somebody did to us. They put us in a prison. Well, Jesus wants to take you out. He come to set the captives free. Recovering of sight to the blind, that's physical and spiritual. Come on, this is the good news. This is the kingdom, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And look at the last verse, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God's judgment is being held back. This is the this is dispensation of grace, the acceptable year. It's acceptable for you to come and be set free. Amen. That's kingdom business. That's kingdom business. Luke 9, 2 said he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Not only did Jesus do it, but he sent his disciples. We're his disciples, whom the Son sets free becomes disciples. Wow, it's a big responsibility. Matthew 6, 33. If you've been in church any at all, you've heard this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, if you go and read that in context, it's talking about clothes and food. That he wants to take care of you and we worry about clothes and food and houses when we ought to be seeking the kingdom. And I'm going to help you with how to do that today. Number two, the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 20, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Like, look over there, there's the kingdom. Look, there's the kingdom up there. No, the kingdom's over there. No, 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 it doesn't come like that. The kingdom of God's on the inside of you. Know where they say, see here or see there in verse 21, but but the kingdom is inside you. It is within you. We'll give you some examples. 
you have got to start focusing on the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, the life of God on the inside of you. Next two or three Sundays, we're going to be talking about how to build the kingdom of God on the inside of you. Things to do. Let me ask you this. In your circumstances, are you believing God or are you blaming God? Are you believing Him or are you blaming Him for your circumstances? See, I'm hitting circumstances because circumstances get so big, that's all we can see. You are not look the devil eye to eye. He needs to be looking at the bottom of your feet. You need to rise above him, and you can because you're a child of God. You are a child of God, and the kingdom of God is within you. Are you going to let God start moving you? Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit abide? Know ye not that you are the house of God. You are the house of God. The kingdom of God is within you. Okay? And so the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it's the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Galatians 5, and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to hit one that we don't ever talk about, but let's read it. The fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Next verse. Gentleness, and against there is nuts. There is as such there's no law. Now, I left out two. Did you just catch the two I left out? Go back to the first verse, 22. Long-suffering. Lord, why am I going through this? It's been five minutes of suffering. Huh? Long suffering is a part of the, the, of the kingdom. Do you want it long enough to receive it? There's a price to be paid. Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, not for the suffering, the joy. The joy, he took the beating for the joy that was set before him. His focus was on you, and he had great joy that you would come to accept him and be a part of the kingdom. He had great joy in you, not you living in sin. He come to set you free. He had great joy that you would be free, that you would grow up and be mature in Christ. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen, but how do you handle How do you handle it? It's called character. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Character. Character. Let's talk about Joseph. In Genesis 39, we're not going to, I'm just going to talk about it. In Genesis 39, Joseph was sold as a slave at 17. I mean, you got to look. He had a gift. How many of you got a gift from God? Doesn't make you spiritual. Everybody has a gift from God. Nobody raised their hand. Raise your hand and say, I have a gift from God. Everybody has a gift from God, and it's how you handle it is how God can exalt you with it. And Joseph had a gift, and he was immature with that gift. He told everybody about his gift. I had a dream. And his brothers were jealous because, you know, hey, parents, don't show favoritism. But he was daddy's favorite. And his brothers threw him in a pit and sold him as a slave. 
at 17. Joseph goes to Egypt. He's bought by Potiphar. But Joseph matures in this process. He could have got bitter. He could have blamed God. But he goes, no, what? in this circumstance, I'm going to seek God. You know, it doesn't tell that he had a pity party. And I know he did because you do and I do and you do. But he sucked it up. And he said, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to put God first. As a slave, some of you think you're a slave working for the company you work for. Quit working for them. Work for God. Keep going to that company, but you work for God. And watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Look what he did with Joseph. He went to Potiphar's house, and it wasn't long he, because he was a, had a, a man of character. He's a man that put God first. He started leading the whole house. He paid the bills. He made the cooks cook what they wanted. He took care of the house. He made sure the maid's clean. And then one day, sin came knocking. <laughs> How many of us, instead of running from sin, embrace it? Hey, baby. Hey, girl, how you doing? Let me get down here. Hey, baby. You got to uh-uh, run. Flee iniquity. Flee iniquity. And Joseph ran, and she ripped his clothes off of him. Accused him falsely, threw him in prison. Now it's worse. I tried to serve God one time, and now it's worse. I'm trying to help you. It's called long-suffering. And it wasn't long he's in prison, and now he's running the prison. How come you're not being lifted up at the job? How come God's not taking you to the next level? Attitude check. Joseph's still serving God. Then one day he interprets two dreams. The butler and the cook. You're going to be out of here and you're going to get your head chopped off. And he told, he said, when you get to the kingdom, remember me. He went back to the king. Man, I'm back in the king's favor. And he forgot about Joseph for two more years. For a total of 13 years, he was either a slave or in prison. And you've been suffering for two days now. And you're ready to quit. There's no quit in the kingdom. There's no quit in the kingdom. In due season, God will exalt you if you keep him first and you focus on him. And one day the king had a dream and the butler said, man, I have messed up. You got this, this guy can interpret dreams. And let, me, let me throw this at you. So they got him out of prison. They gave him a bath. What's that got to do with anything, Pastor? Well, you need to bathe every day if you're going to get favor with people. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Especially if you're on fast, you need to be chewing some gum or something because your breath's going to stink. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They put clothes on him. They shaved him. Now, one thing is to shave your beard, but I think they shaved his head too because I read two or three translations of this. They shaved his head. To be presentable for Pharaoh. And you clinging to your old tennis shoes and I ain't wearing these. I ain't trying to make nobody happy. Joseph let him shave his head to become second in command. 
come on. It wasn't them. He's serving God, and he knows he's on a mission from God. Are you on a mission for God or a mission to please you? This is what God, the Holy Ghost is saying to us. We got to start pleasing God. If, if I sent you to Africa, you would have to dress a certain way to minister to people. But in America, we ain't, bless God, if they don't come looking like me, they don't need to be here. That's not Jesus. If they can't live righteous and holy, well, nobody can without Jesus. Come on. What, you know, it's like I always say, you know, here's, a, here's the grace cup. And, oh, it's good. It just runs all down my face. It's all so good. It's juice, the grace cup, but you can't have any. It's, that's what Christians end up doing. Grace and mercy is for everybody. It's new every day. We need to believe God. Believe God that his grace and mercy be poured out. Oh, boy. Let me give you two more real quick, and we'll go back to Joseph. But in Mark 5, 29 through, 25 through 29, there was a woman with an issue of blood. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And we giving up. 12 years. I'm sure she was hopeless, depressed, but wait a minute. She got a revelation that Jesus is coming. Here comes Jesus. That's the one. Man, he prays for people. They get healed. I've heard that people touch the hem of his garment, and they get healed. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, kingdom on the inside. She's talking on the inside. She's talking on the inside. But we say, well, ain't nobody ever loves me, and nobody likes me, and nobody never get ahead. That's on the inside. I'm no good. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't think about me. But on the inside, she's going, there's hope yet for me. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That's kingdom on the inside. Kingdom on the inside. Your life may be rough right now. But it ain't time to give up. Your breakthrough is just right at the end. You say, well, Pastor, I know, I know people that had it rough and they died. Well, they went to heaven if they were saved. They went to heaven. If they didn't, they went to hell and it's still rough. But we're saved. We're saved. And if we're not saved, get saved. He never promised that it all be cake and candy once you got saved. A bed of roses. The promised lands where they had to fight. That's where the battles took place. We'll talk about that in a minute. But hear me. And, and one, other, one other example. This woman came to Jesus and said, my daughter is grievously vexed. And he goes, uh, you're not of our tribe. Uh, it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. Called her a dog. She goes, oh, yes, Lord, I may be, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the master's table. If you're feeling like a dog, you still get to eat from the table. Quit letting the devil make you feel like you're a dog. Jesus taught. He knew her faith. Her faith jumped out at him. Where's your faith? Where's your faith today? Kingdom people have faith. Grow your faith. Let's go to number three. Here's the key that nobody wants to talk about, too, is obedience. Obedience is part of the kingdom. Do what the man said. He's the king. 
He's the king. Let's do what he said. Well, I ain't doing that. I'm going to do it this way. No, the man, do what the man said. Do what the Holy Spirit said. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You have the same Holy Spirit. And guess what? Jesus lived in a way that, he, that he's listening to the Father and doing what the Father said. You can live the same way. You can live the same way. So let's go back. Joseph is number two in the land of Egypt. Man, he's in the high cotton. 13 years. 13 years. We have a doctor in our midst that went to school probably eight to ten years. But my, my. Huh? And how many kids that I've, in my youth, well, I ain't going to school that long. I'm sick of school already. But there's a reward. There's a reward if you put God first. Joseph put God first. Now he's number two. So let's look at number two, his, what his obedience brought. His obedience his obedience to God made him number two in the land. He had a palace. He's right under Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, you're the man, Joseph. I'm the only one that's higher than you. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But the responsibility of the land came on him, and God gave him wisdom. God, God uh, uh, gave him wisdom of how to deliver the grain, how to save the grain. It was God, and he gave God the credit. But I want to start reading something. I want to start reading in verse 5. And uh, this is after his brothers came because everybody came to Egypt for food. You got to remember, <coughs> excuse me, the whole land is starving. And Egypt stored up grain. And everybody came to Egypt to buy grain. And if you read the whole story, <laughs> even the people in Egypt, Joseph was such a shrewd businessman. After he got all their money, he said, uh, you sell me your land and I'll, I'll feed you for a year. And pay rent you know, on your house. Your land, all their land, all their cattle belonged to Pharaoh because of Joseph. Well, that's kind of rude. No. Nope. Listen to me. He's second in command. But his brothers come to buy grain because they hear that Egypt's got grain. And so, in verse Genesis 45, 5, Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your fathers and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. God wants to take you to Goshen. If you have never studied Goshen, it's the best. Man, it's the bottom land. I mean, it's right on the Nile. It grows. It grows anything. Grasses for your cattle. And you know what? They were shepherds. And they got the best land because of Joseph. Favor. Favor. But here's another. Here, here, here's another thing. In verse 18, Pharaoh's talking. Bring your father, he says again, and your household, and your households to come to me. And I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you will eat the fat of the land. Let's go ahead and read verse 19. Now you are commanded to do this. Take the carts out of the land of Egypt, 
for your little ones, your wives, and bring your father and come. Okay, hold on. Leave it right there just for a second. He said, take the carts and go get the people. Verse 20. Also, do not be concerned with your goods. <coughs> for the best of the land of Egypt is yours. It's where God wants to take you. This is a year of double. It's a year of pruning, too. You got to cut some stuff off to double. The best, what he's saying is take off your junk and come put on some robes of righteousness. Come put on some holiness. Come put on the blood of Jesus. Come on. Be washed in the blood. Be set free. Quit, leave all that junk behind you've been dragging for years. Huh? All these walls you got built up from what people did to you. And put on the righteousness of God, right standing with God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the holiness of God. Put it on. Well, ah, that's the old, that's, nah, that's the old way. We're in the land of Goshen. We got everything before us. We got the best of the land. We're supposed to have the best of the land. What's hindering me from having the best of the land? Change. Oh, well, I don't want to change back. Change. Change to this. Conform to this. Do what this said. Leave your past behind. All the hurt, the pain of the past. Put on the peace of God. Amen? Let me read something. Joseph instructed his brothers to let their father know that he could be totally, that he could totally disregard his own possessions and move to Egypt. It was ridiculous to worry about some old beat-up tents and provision when Joseph was ruler of Egypt. Huge cartloads of provision and clothing followed the brothers as they returned to Israel. There's no need for, our, for stinginess or financial worry anymore. Their brother Joseph was providing all their needs from the wealth of Egypt. Joseph represents Jesus, our deliverer. Our deliverer, the one who brings the best. The one who brings more. So often we cling to our few tiny resources when in reality the wealth of heaven belongs to us. Our tiny resources when the wealth of heaven. Remember, I, I preached one Sunday. Remember, I said narrow is the way. Narrow is the way. Or the, 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 the narrow is the way to salvation. And this door is only three foot wide. And you go through this door, and it opens up to a whole big world. The kingdom of God is opened up to you. The kingdom of God is opened up to you. And you're living in your box. Well, there's a speaker right there. But wait a minute, there's a whole place. The whole kingdom is available. And we're not even open to it. Because that's the way we are. That's the way we was raised. That's the way, that's the way we are around here. We poor. We always been poor. We're going to die poor. We're going to be poor. My family's sick. They've always been sickly. We're going to be sick. Come on. That's not kingdom talk. Man, I had to break away from my family's thinking. 
to, to, to take a hold of the Word of God. My family's thinking. I love my family, but they've got stinking thinking. And I had to change my thinking to, to the Word. And guess what? God blessed me because I started changing my thinking. I started believing for more. Poverty wants to be broke off of us. Sickness wants to be broke off of us. God wants to break it off. He wants to set us free. Woo! Matthew 14, 20. When it doesn't belong to you anymore, it's all God's. <coughs> Look at what this young man did. One little boy was willing to give up five pieces of bread and two fish to Jesus. His obedience was not a sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice my lunch. I'm gonna, what I'm going to get, I'm going to give it to Tim. Or I'm going to give it to Jeff, and I'm going to go without. No, he, he gave the fish and the bread, and he got 12 baskets back. God's the one that blesses that. Come on. When you look at what well, I'm going to give this up, what I'm going to do. Come on. You're giving to God. You don't give to me. You don't give to the church. You give to the church to further the kingdom of God. That's what our purpose is. But everything you give, you give to God. And God multiplies it back. Look at that example. Obedience. Hey, y'all have my lunch. Kid probably didn't have a clue. But he was the only one that said something. I'm sure that somebody had a pack of gum and some cheese and a piece of light bread in their back pocket, been sitting on it all day and didn't share it. And i got to get home. i got to eat something for the journey home. Okay, I, I won't jump, jump on you. Let's talk about that anymore. Mm -mm. God's provision is normal when you realize that you have a relative who occupies a very important position in the universe. Your brother, Jesus, not Joseph, your brother Jesus is not seated by Pharaoh. He's seated at the right hand of God. And if Joseph being seated at Pharaoh blessed his family, how much more would Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father wants to bless his family? Come on, we got the king of glory seated at the right hand of God wanting to bless our, us. So how's he going to do that? How does he do that? This should have been point number five, but I'll get to it. Number four, there's always more than what you see. The Bible teaches don't walk by faith or walk by, don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. But there's always more even than when you think you can see it. Oh, I can see that. Oh, I can see more. There's even more than that. Excuse me, in Genesis 45, 7 and 8, his brothers, Joseph's brothers, were afraid of him. I mean, he's going to get revenge on us. We sold him as a slave. He was a slave for 13 years. He's going he's to get us. Let's read that, Genesis 45, 7 and 8. And God, he said, God sent you before, or God sent me to Egypt before you to preserve a, a posterity for you in the earth, a place for you in the earth, to save your lives by a great deliverance. They would have died. So would all the Egyptians. Now I've heard sermon after sermon how God put Joseph through all that test and trials. Uh, you know what? I think his brothers put him through that. But he still kept his heart right. 
Now, now, why you say that, Pastor Brett? Because he had the gift. Why couldn't they just, oh, we're searching through the land. We're here. We represent Pharaoh. We're looking for somebody who can interpret a dream. Can anybody interpret a dream? We're looking for somebody to, who, can anybody interpret a dream? He didn't have to go be a slave. They could have just came and said, hey, we need you. Oh, I can interpret a dream. God interprets dreams. God gives me the interpretation. Let me come to Egypt with you. Huh? But even though he went through those hardships, you may be going through stuff that your brothers put you through, your mama put you through, your daddy put you through, your job put you through. God still wants to exalt you. It's bigger than what you see. Some of you are here at this church. You came to this town or this area for a certain reason, but it's bigger than what you see. You may have been raised here. It's still bigger than what you see. It's bigger. There's more to it. There's always more to it. God's always doing bigger things. He's bigger than our, 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 our finite mind. And he's moving and working behind the scenes. <clears throat> I went to work for a job one time, and they shorted me. They told me I was going to get paid X amount, and they, they, I looked at my first paycheck, and it was minimum wage. Yeah, my mouth hit the floor. I'm eating dirt dragging around here. What is this? Don't quit, don't quit. We'll get you a raise. We're going to raise you up to that. And I prayed about it instead of just stomping off mad. I said, all right, God, I'm working for you. I'm going to stay. I was the last one hired. They closed that plant down in a year, and I helped put the lock. I was with four people, and we locked that thing up. They kept me all the way through it because I worked for God. But in the midst of all that, I did a, I did a Bible study for a Hispanic group. And, and one of my foremans was Hispanic. And his wife came to that, to that Bible study. And the first night she came, she began to cry and began to weep. And the interpreter sitting there by him said, what's wrong with her? I said, God, God's working on her. And I led her in a prayer of salvation. And Jesus saved her that night. And I'm driving home. I'm going, glory to God. Wow, she got saved. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, that's why I sent you to that job. And I thought I was going to make money. I mean, I got kids, a wife. I need to make money. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it. You're in a place and a position to raise your kids godly, to work and be a godly representative. Somebody would cry out and say, there is a God at your workplace. You don't do that? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's time. It's time to represent. God will take care of you. Well, we're not allowed to talk religion. Then live it. Live it. Live love so strong that they got, whoa, they're going to come to you and ask you what you got. Live peace so strong. Become peace. Become joy. When there's something going on, oh, you know what? It's all going to work out. It's all going to be good. Be that voice of God in the workplace. God will exalt you. You ain't got to be a preacher. Live it, preacher. Live it. How many people ask me, how come you don't cuss? I know that hurt. I stuck a splinter, went through this blue jean, come out this side. You got to walk with it. Go get it pulled out. Why ain't you cussing? It ain't in me. It's God. You've got to represent. You are God's representative in the earth, and God will exalt you. If he's not exalting, you're not representing Deuteronomy 28, if you don't know it, you need to remember it. You need to, to, to memorize it. This is, 
I didn't know how to put this in a point. But you need to partner with God. Can you pull up Deuteronomy 28? And let's start at verse 1. I got, I got a minute here. Now, it shall come to pass, if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord. This is obedience. Your God, the Lord your God, obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. God wants to set you up high. Not for you, for him. That he might establish his covenant in the earth. That he might establish his kingdom. Look at verse 2. And all these blessings should come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 3. Bless shall you be in the city and bless shall you be in the country or in the field. Verse 4. Bless shall your children be, the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, uh, the increase of your cattle and the offspring. How many has got cows? One, two, anybody else? There's three, four, five, six. What about the rest of us? I'm, I'm going to get to you just a second. Because, you know, this is, this is the, we're in a different culture. I don't raise cows. I buy steaks. I can skin one and butcher it and everything, but I just, it's just easy to go buy it. Right? This is our, now look at verse 5. Blessed shall you be your basket and your kneading bowl. That's your bank account, checking, and your savings. Don't have a savings and start one. Start believing God. Verse 7. All right, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall be when you go out. Huh. You're just blessed. The Lord will cause his enemies to rise up against you to be defeated before your face. And they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And look at verse 8. This is where I want to go. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all you set your hand to. And he will bless the land which the Lord has given you. If you work at Volvo, he's going to bless what you put your hand to. If you work at Walmart, Food Line, he'll bless what you put your hand to. You're a school teacher, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're an Indian chief. He'll bless what you put your hand to. What's your confession? Father, today I put my hand to these widgets. I used to drive to work every day. Father, I thank you that I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You guide me to people that want to buy my product. I don't know who's out there needs this product, but Father, this product belongs to them, and you're going to help me sell it to them in the name of Jesus. I put my hand to this. You know what? Does God care who wins the Super Bowl today? You know, both sides are praying, oh, Lord, let them win. Let them win. One of my favorite movies is Cold Mountain. It was during the Civil War. And, and the preacher asked the young man, said, well, what do you think about it? He said, I expect God's tired of people calling him down on their side. God's not about a side. He's about a person. God's about you. God cares about you. I used to tell my daughter she played ball. I said, you know what? God don't care. If, he doesn't care that your team wins. I can't pray that y'all win, but I can pray that he'll bless what you put your hand to. I can pray that you'll hit the ball, that you'll catch the ball, that you'll do whatever you put your hand to. That you, I've seen her catch a ball, her going down to catch a grounder, and it pops up, and she catches it with her right hand right here in her face. Everybody in the crowd went, whoa, because it would have broke her nose and everything else. But I pray God bless what you put her hand to. She caught that ball right there. Bad hop. Woo. 
I used to have designs, you know, and baseballs and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> but God will bless what you put your hand to. That's why you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? If I decide, I can go start a muffler shop. I can put a muffler on, and I can learn how to do it better and faster than I know just how to figure it out. I can go back to school. Nothing withholding us from doing what God puts in our heart. Now, hold on. 1 Chronicles 14, 10, and 11. Favor, blessing. And David inquired of God and saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them in my hand? And the Lord said, Go up, for I will deliver them in your hand. Now, this is a key. <clears throat> Look at verse 11. So they went up, and this is what David called the place, Bel, and I can't say it, Perezim. And David defeated them there, and David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. The key is God blessed what he put his hand to. What is your hand on? And have you asked God to bless it? They had to go up to fight the enemy. But look at the last line. Therefore they called the bell press, uh, because God has broken through my enemies by my hand. He's the God of the breakthrough. But he's going to bless you to break through. Well, let's just sit and wait on God to do something. Wrong answer. It ain't coming in the mail. It's coming by your hand. Money don't grow on trees and it doesn't fall out of the sky. Men give it to you because you earn it or they just, I want to bless you. Last one. And this scripture burned in my heart and I, I didn't preach it last. Look, Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. <laughs> you may feel like you got a battle to go to work every day. I know getting out of bed's a battle, isn't it? You keep hitting the snooze. Don't, don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't live with you. Listen, the horse is prepared for battle. You're supposed to do everything you know to do and believe God to bless it. But deliverance and victory belong to the Lord. Your deliverance and victory is right where you're at. The change starts today. Start asking God what you put your hand to is going to be blessed. And you know what? You're going to go so far and he's going to, somebody's going to recognize you. I look and when I go to a store or a restaurant, I look for the workers. I said, yeah, look, look at that. They are good. You're doing a great job. And I tell them, you're a hard worker. You're doing a great job. You better be encouraging your kids like that. I don't care if they drop the egg on the floor or break a glass. They're doing a great job washing dishes. Come on and be an encourager. And deliverance comes from God. Work ethic. God will bless your work ethic. What you putting your hand to? And if he can't multiply you there, he's going to take you somewhere else where he can multiply you. So he can establish his kingdom in the earth. He said, Abraham, I'm your reward. I'm your reward. You're already putting your hand to stuff. Ask God to bless it. 
And if you look at what your hands put to, and it's sin, you ain't blessing that. So judge yourself. What are you doing? Ask God to bless it. I want you to bow your heads today. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.